0: All right today we've got Marcus Rinneker. Marcus, thanks so much for making the time. Thank you for having me Joe uh, we'll start off same as always refresh our memory what have you what were you doing before you went in Seattle and what have you been up to what have you been up to for the last 20 years
1: Yeah I mean um, as, as some of you know I before before in actually I was working as a surgeon uh, so um, I, what kind of surgeon? It was general surgery, you know, you start off with um, trauma surgery, uh, abdominal, and and that you sort of do a basic uh, surgery, um, 360 degree, you know, what what typical hospitals would need, you know, not necessarily in big towns, but in rural areas. And then after that, you you, you continue to specialize, for instance, for um, trauma surgery or vascular surgery or things like that. So I was
0: at the beginning, you are an all rounder.
1: And now in
0: my residency. How many, I, I feel, I feel, you know, almost negligent asking this question, but how many other MDs or, or, or surgeons were there in our promotion? Were you the only one?
1: I think there was only one more. We were two. Oh. Yeah, there was only two of us. Mm-hmm.
0: And what, I mean, it, it why? Why go to business school if you weren't going to if you weren't going to talk about that already? It's, it's a real it's a lot of schooling to uh, to go back for. No,
1: first of all, it's it's pretty diametral, so it's it's a completely new learning. But uh, in my case, I was always sort of itching to do something both entrepreneurial and, and medical. And I think uh, the medical field is about ten percent of GDP. So uh, why not have people that uh, you know are a little bit deeper in this field, either as biologists or or medical doctors, uh, that have such a big portion of the overall industry? And and, and, uh, and this is basically what what uh, was what I found exciting. I also, come from an entrepreneurial family. This is why I was always sort of between those two fields and i consider myself to be a bridging person i'm also very curious and, and i love stuff that is sort of apart and bring it together and for me it was extremely valuable because it was uh, in terms of economics it was completely clueless so i think it was the best the best time spent it was not you know there was no redundancy whatsoever so it was for sure uh, yeah' sure. cool
0: And how did your expectations of business school uh, match up with what what you actually experienced, you know, after 10 months there?
1: I think one of the first impressions that was amazing was actually all you guys, uh, all the the, the other students. Uh, I think this was really uh, something I didn't expect to be that positive. I thought it would be a more... And, and not a competitive environment. It wasn't at all. It was super friendly. People immediately remembered your name just from the first time they heard it. And I think this, this was amazing. Apart from uh, the economic side, I, I, I read a few books before that, but there it, yeah, it was really surprising. And I basically, one of the learnings was, is that it's not necessarily rocket science. It's not something that you, you, you <laughs> learn something that is completely unimaginable, but it's, it's rather getting the confirmation that it's like that. And, and sometimes you have to hear, just hear it, you know, from the professionals and then, then you believe it.
0: That's a very generous way of saying it. So it's, it's, it's not that rigorous academically <laughs> compared to it's, medical school. No,
1: no, I, I didn't say that. And actually I, mm-hmm. what I found is so surprising is sometimes it's a simple stuff that is still, you know, highly intellectually demanding. I mean, uh, just think of, what we did in the in the technical mathematical fields, where uh, you know you easily can can chew a brain, even though it is it, it sounds kind of simple. Or it's, I think at macroeconomics, for instance. But uh, so it was intellectually demanding for for sure. But it was not that it was like completely. Um, Unbelievable, or 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 out of this world, where it, 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 it just made everything which is common sense. It, it just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It.
0: All right, M- moving on. Uh, let's get to the interesting stuff. W- what have you been doing for the last twenty years?
1: So one of the first things after Inziot was uh, to decide whether I would continue my my um, residency in surgery. That that would have been another three years uh, until you know I, you are actually a surgeon before I was a resident. And uh, but I decided quite quickly to um, uh, to to go right uh, purely into the uh, administrative field. And one of the reasons was is because I returned to family business. So we have um, you know we, we ran several hospitals, and uh, I decided to to take over the lead on our crown jewel, which was a surgical hospital in Munich, and uh, I also supported my. My family uh, in a very demanding um, startup business, and that's basically what I did for the uh, ten years. Uh, first ten years, actually, after INSEAD. and um, then after ten years, I decided. You know, there was there was one thing about uh, my career which was sort of an itch, which was that I returned to family business right away. Right, mm-hmm. I didn't really have this outside experience, and this is when I decided, you know, I, you know, I would need to take this tour outside. And
0: uh, there was well, a Hold on, two- before we get into that, what, what, what was this, um, this, this family entrepreneurial uh, project you were working on for 10 years?
1: Uh, that had been a radiation center. Mm. And then it was a complete startup. It had been a novel technology, super demanding, uh, uh, but very exciting as well.
0: When you say radiation, is that like imaging? Or is that like... Uh, no, it's radiotherapy. Okay, okay.
1: It was radiotherapy. Mm-hmm. And as I said, you know, I had sort of both worlds. On I mean, one side, a startup, um, and on the other side, a a, a running hospital that, uh, at the time, was uh, almost seventy-five years old. It had been founded by my grandfather, and that was sort of the kaizen, the continuous development, uh, and 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 very well-oiled machine that was running very well. And um, but still exciting. I mean, you you, you work with amazing people, and um, also we. You know we opened new fields of um, um, of surgery, for instance, open heart surgery, which is quite a quite a big step. Uh, if you mm. introduce this, normally, this is only found on university hospitals and and also neurosurgery. This is something that we we opened up uh, spine surgeries particularly. so that was that that was cool. But still, you know, as I said, I was sort of missing this outside tour, and right? this is when I started looking outside. i didn't want to work for any other hospital so i decided i'd do something completely different and this is where i met uh, a very cool team uh, and a very cool founder of a company that was into software and actually this was one of the very first ai companies back in 2009 i mean nobody talked about ai at the time but they were into developing software for medical imaging think about you know ct scans or these kind of things but also uh more importantly in in uh, digital pathology so you know if you go to a doctor and they take a specimen somewhere you know you have something that looks like a tumor this this piece of tissue is looked under under the microscope and the same you can also uh, digitalize this and then let the computer take a look at it but for that you need specific software that can actually understand what it's seeing and the amazing thing about that was, is that together with these AI algorithms, we could pull out so much information out of these images that they really uh, were a strong source of new information for, for cancer research. And so we basically had this company, it was venture capital backed at the time, and we grew that company and we basically ta- you know serviced uh, almost all of top 20 pharma. And, and this was a fast growing field at the time, as you can imagine. I mean, today it's like, uh, it sounds like a commodity, but back then it was really, really special. And then we were actually heading for an IPO. Uh, but some of the strategic buyers noticed that. And then ultimately we were acquired by one big pharma, which is AstraZeneca. Some of you know that maybe, uh, from the vaccine that I have built for Corona for COVID. And uh, then we were acquired, and then I stayed with AstraZeneca for a few years. Amazing company. Uh, when,
0: when was the acquisition? That was 2014. Oh wow! So you, you 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 did this for five years, exactly, and, and, and then got wow. And then I were they think, actually? I'm I'm incredibly ignorant around you know how AI applications for for medicine, but were. Were you know doctors, hospitals, whatever the right level is, were they actually using the the kind of AI AI diagnoses of these of these slides, these these pathology samples?
1: Um, I mean, they have been in use for a long time. Just in one of the first use cases was actually um, electrocardiograms. So mm. you might have noticed that they 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 uh, very often you have a diagnosis uh, automat- automatized. And actually, in our hospital, we have this as well, because, you know, the anesthesiologist, when you have patients, let's say, above 45 or something, you should do an electrocardiogram to see whether, you know, or not that something happens during the surgery. And for that, this was typically a field that was very quickly automized. And other fields are more demanding, like digital pathology was super demanding. Also, uh, CT scans sound simpler than they are. Or conventional radi- um, radiology. So, but but today it's becoming a commodity, and they, we really saw how how this flipped. I mean, in the meantime, doctors acknowledge that sometimes diagnosis is 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 even better by the machine. In in, in some okay, in some instances, I mean, yeah. you know, some instances, not all for sure. But in well, any case, is it, is, it, is this today or is that was? With- uh-huh. Are more powerful than if they don't use it. It's it's yes. just yeah. the very same with AI. Does does AI replace people? No, but it it replaces people who don't use it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, that's where it's going. And and you know, you're 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 going to be foolish to rely solely on a on a human doctor in X years from now. It's gonna, you're going to you're going to need to be augmented. All right. So we're, we're in 2014. You 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 sell to AstraZeneca. You stay on there for a few years. Yeah. Uh, walk us through what what that was like, and then what came next.
1: Now it was pretty amazing because i think they did a great job of integrating this uh, i think um, that in general they're they, they're good with their acquisitions i guess and um friendly environment super culture um uh, but at the end of the day still a, a very large company i mean uh, there's some you know there's, there's some certain traits that that you look for and for me I've, i basically found out i i'm rather for the smaller companies so in fact i had been looking out for for um you know, a new new project, and actually, I bumped into two extremely smart physicists who came up with a new technology to um, to detect actually actually nucleic acids like DNA, RNA, and they're doing this in a completely different way. Today, you would usually do a PCR. Some of them, you know, some of you heard this from from the corona testing, or uh, with with uh, like sequencers. Um, Next gen sequencers, but this technology was really unique, and so we were finding like, what is the right business case for this? And they were asking, you know, why they would love to have somebody who can um, help them, you know, on the on the commercial side to to get this thing going and to create a company. And that's basically what we what I did uh, since two thousand twenty. So they uh, also have a colleague uh, who, who who helps me in this and the four of us then uh, co-founded this company it's called mgeomics it's in munich and it's it's a lot of fun so since three years now i'm i'm a
0: co-founder and running co-running a, a startup company here in munich so you've you've linked up with these guys who've got this you know slick technology and presumably it's your job to find some applications for it uh how how uh, how's that going
1: actually you know essentially it's it's you can use it as diagnostics and one of the things is uh, the, the technology is particularly strong in comparing a lot of things in parallel so we're looking off what can you do you could detect like seven pathogens at the same time let's say viruses or something but actually this is not where the the technology is the strongest we figured it would be something where you would have to look at different abundances you know how many of this versus that is there and we figured that actually the gut microbiome would be the ideal place now it sounds kind of weird to uh, analyze poo but actually this is one of the most amazing fields right now in the industry uh in in the medical field because it had been totally overlooked uh, the power of the of the bacteria that actually reside in us. We have roughly half a kilo of or a pound of, um, of bacteria in our belly, and these bacteria are highly potent in creating different substances, metabolites. And if you have the wrong bacteria, they basically continuously poison you. And if you have the right ones and the right mixture, and by the way, every individual is like highly. This is like a fingerprint. It's highly individual. What you, the, the, the composition of the bacteria that you have in there is thousands of them. And actually, the, the amount of bacteria, is, yeah, as I said, you know, is, is almost the equal cell amount as, as the human body has, mm-hmm. uh, roughly in the same ballpark. And this is just a powerhouse. And we need to understand this. And uh, this is one of the huge hype topics right now, uh, but for all the good reasons. And there will be eventually, when you understand that better, you can use it as a lever. And this is exactly what we want to do. We want to understand it better. And then ultimately, we want to use it as a lever to, for instance, treat diseases to better response to cancer therapy. Or, you know, also if you look at uh, diabetes or other big, big, big um, um, diseases that are a high burden to society, uh, This many of them can probably be also be addressed via the microbiome, the gut microbiome.
0: Uh, I'm going to ask <clears throat> probably a very naive question using incorrect terminology, so apologies, but for that. But there, there's is this sort of thing where a, a rule can be applied to everybody, or everybody's you know the 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 results of of each person's poo test is <laughs> going to be you know unique to them, and what you find is, is sort of you know whatever the, the word is for that, where it's 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 a each person's kind of got their own correct you know, mixture of, 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 bacteria. And, and, you know, you can't say it's right or wrong if it's different from somebody else's.
1: I think that there are many ways to roam to say it this way. Yes. There are fingerprints, mm-hmm. but in general, there, there are certain categories. And one of them is, you know, if, if it's healthy, if it supports you, it's an oi biome. And if it's not healthy, if it's completely twisted, it's a dysbiome, which is just a bad thing. This is a bad thing. And, and how can you actually uh, twist it? If you eat too much processed food, And one of the source, of course, is, uh, you know, using antibiotics. So if you use antibiotics, of course, there are many cases where you need antibiotics, but there sometimes uh, people prescribe a little bit too many uh, antibiotics. And actually this always twists your your gut microbiome because a lot of bacteria that are actually beneficial for you die from, from antibiotics. And then sort of the diversity is breaking down. And... <clears throat> one also, one general signature is the more diverse your di- um, gut microbiome, the m- more different species you have, the better. Mm. So typically what, for instance, extremely obese people have, or high you blood know, pressure and metabolic syndrome and all that, they typically have a extremely reduced diversity of their mi- microbiome.
0: Should we all be taking you know some sort of probiotic uh, additive that, that, that increases the diversity in our, in our gut? Yes and no.
1: Typically, usually they are completely underdosed and, um, and normally they are only looking at one side of the bacteria because these are typically the bacteria that are easy to culture. So they are anaerobics, they can be exposed to, to oxygen. Actually, the more interesting bacteria are the ones that cannot be exposed to oxygen, but they are way more expensive in building. And, and you mm-hmm. know, also our company is not aiming for probiotics eventually, but really for
0: medical, um, for medical um, uh, microbiome treatments. But if you can get your hands on those expensive ones, you should be taking those?
1: Oh they should be prescribed I think the, the field is very new and it's also a matter of uh, whether they engraft you know whether they really stay most of the probiotics just go through yeah they they're there for a certain time, but they don't they don't stay and for that you need to better understand what kind of environment the bacteria needs as i said you know this is this is a field that is in its beginnings you have to do way more understanding of what's going on and understanding the mm-hmm. complexity and the good news is you have a lot of convergence of technology at your fingertips that can help you actually all of our our well, many of our of our employees and their biologists uh, many of them are also total computer uh whiz kids
0: yeah presumably you're still you know, relying well, a lot on, on is, ai you know, for what you're yeah, doing I right
1: you just don't want to use AI anymore because it's such a you know such a
0: buzzword but mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's just a day-to- day everyday tool that we basically well use.
0: It, it, you've you've mentioned how it's it's now become a bit of a commodity and that's an interesting word to use that that was a question I was going to ask I think you might have already answered it that like now that let's call it ChatGPT or whatever the right term is is, is so uh, widespread and accessible um could it be said that's that's democratized the kind of work you did ten years ago where it was actually it was le- legit hard to do back in 2009 now it's it's arguably you know th- those tools are available to anybody basically on a, on a you know through a web browser
1: uh, you mean going back to image analysis i think today yeah. it's it's much tougher to have a, a sort of winning edge uh at the time uh the company was Definians. definions was absolutely unique um mm-hmm. of course there they were competitors but you know our approach was was pretty of our founder uh, he, he he did this he um, was absolutely unique. Uh, so at the time, it was special. Today, it's becoming more and more of a commodity, I guess, in image analysis.
0: Yeah, yeah. Th- this has been fascinating, and I, and I, I feel uh, like uh, very much mismatched uh, talking to you about this subject matter. So uh, apologies if, I, if I've if uh, asked any dumb, dumb questions or used the wrong terminology. Uh, last question uh, before we wrap up, um, kind of a two-parter that I try to ask everybody. Uh, is there anything that we as the community can do uh, to help you out either, you know, professionally or personally and vice versa? Are there any things that you're, you know, a- able to offer to to us as the community?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we just had the 20 years reunion and it was absolutely amazing. It was such a warm feeling and welcome. And uh, I think there was also such an appreciation for that group. And I think this in itself is already, wow. I have, uh, we are in the same WhatsApp group. All of us, I love it. You know, if I see new messages, if I see images, you know, we also kicked off that we started shooting pictures if we, if we, we meet somebody, uh, you know, if somebody mm-hmm. visits, let's say, Sydney, and then suddenly you see two faces in, in Sydney uh, of your promotion. I think this is absolutely amazing. And this is wonderful. And I also have the feeling that, you know, not there's not a particular thing that I would be not right now, other just, you know, reaching out. I, I love this. Uh, um, but I know that there's a community that cares. And I think if one of us has a problem, we just need to reach out. And, and I, I'm pretty sure we, you know, yeah. there will be lots of helping hands. So this is this is just a great, great um, impression I, when, and a feeling I have about our promotion and our, our community. Um, as for what can I offer? Um, I, I don't know. You know, you know my my level of expertise a little bit in the medical field. If it has to do something with that or or that, please reach out. But in any case, uh, I'm also living in a quite cool city, which is Munich. It's very really pretty. At the moment, it's freezing cold, but um, <laughs> it's a nice place. So if you happen to be in Munich, uh, drop me a line and let's meet. And and and. Send some. Nice what, what, what about
0: uh, what about free stool samples tests? What if we just we all we all send you uh, you know uh, containers full of our. I, I our could stuff invite you can, to do
1: that, but actually yeah. we, we had a little uh, we had a, a little promotion about doing this, and now we have more than we asked for. <laughs> so I went yeah, be careful what you ask for. for literally,
0: literally, shit might come in the mail. <laughs> exactly.
1: So no, no, that that, that is fine.
0: But uh, in any case. Um, very, very good talking, Marcus. Thanks so much for your time. It was, it was wonderful catching up. Thank you, Joe, for, for having me.